the king of my heart, the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, in song. And let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, in song. Yes, you are.
morning. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for joining us here this morning. For everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand and worship with us this morning?
you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. I got a stronger. I got stronger.
Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor this morning? Just say hello. We are so glad to hear you. Hear you. We're glad to hear you, but we're also glad to see you this morning. (laughs) Now we want to hear you. Would you join with me as we sing?
God, what a great God we serve today. You may be seated. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here today. You know what you do in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, before a snowstorm? You go to the grocery store and church. Amen? Let's thank God. We're glad to be here before the storm comes, right? And we'll be here after the storm comes, all right? So we're, this is Pittsburgh. It's supposed to snow, folks, so just get used to it. But we want to welcome everybody on our online. Let's welcome everybody on our online today as well. We're glad that you're here with us today. Many are joining us online today. Um, we're, th- we're thankful for all that God's doing. We have a number of things coming up. And so in your bulletin, I'd like to draw your attention to just uh, a few brief things here. Number one is there's a women's retreat coming up at the end of March. So that will be here before you know it. That means spring is on the way, all right? So Kara is going to come up and share with us just a little bit about women, why you should go on this retreat. All right, Kara, share with them. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Yes, I am here to invite all the ladies of the church uh, to our 2022 women's retreat. Um, It's going to be from March 25th to the 27th. That's a Friday to Sunday um, at our Lauraville retreat conference center. I think that's what it's called. (laughs) Um, But I went a couple years ago, and it was one of the best weekends I ever had. Um, I was really able to just meet a bunch of great women and just hang out with um, just some really awesome women of the church and just grow in the Lord together. And that's why we want to invite you guys to come out. Um, um, This weekend is meant to be just really relaxful, resting, and refueling for you women. And we have a great, awesome speaker lined up just to share her story and God's love for us. Uh, so we want to invite you all to be there. And uh, more information will be coming to you guys in the mail. Um, or you can ask, come to me if you have any questions. And um, we just hope to see you all there. All right. Thank you, Kara. We appreciate that. So we're looking forward to that, ladies. You will have a good time. It's always a good time when the... When we get away with the people of God and just spend a little bit extra time on our relationship with God and, and also getting to know the people in the church that you're worshiping with. So we're, we're thankful for this opportunity. I also want to thank you for your participation in the 21 days of prayer. We are in the middle of our 21 days. We've just uh, completed one week. And so I want to encourage you, if you did not yet pick up the prayer journal, there is in the foyer, we're giving it, it's a, like a devotional prayer journal this time, 21 Dangerous Prayers. So I'm praying these myself. I'm going through the devotion. I'm asking the Lord, would you please walk in my life? Look at your scripture. So we, we're taking a verse of scripture each day, and we're praying these dangerous prayers. You know, many people just pray, oh, Lord, bless me, and it's all about me. And uh, in the meantime, you get to see how God would, could maybe he could use you, things that God could do in your life, ways that he could transform you. So I want to encourage you, grab those prayer journals. They're out there. Hundreds have already gone out. There's enough for everybody to have one. So if you haven't got one, as you go out today, uh, off to the left, you'll see the table there. There's a little sign-up sheet. You don't have to sign up, but if you just want to take a journal, take a journal. But if you will sign up and you'll place this in the box out there on the table, and then you will be able to get a, uh, you'll be able to get, I'm sorry, you'll get the text if you send a text to that number, send that CR21 days keyword to that number 94,000. So if you'll, if you'll send that, you can pull out your phone right now and just do that and you'll get on our text list. We've been sending every day throughout the 21 days. We're sending out a, uh, just a verse of scripture and an encouragement to you as you go through this time of prayer. 
But if you'll take this paper and, and complete that and put it in the box out there, I'm adding this to my list and I'm praying. And so every day I've been taking the names of those that has set, who signed up and I'm praying over your name. So I just go in my office and I read your name out to the Lord. And I ask God and, and I'm starting to make notes. I'm like, all right, Lord, what's happening in these people's lives? And so it's been a real exciting time for me as I've been able to spend uh, time with the Lord on your behalf. And I want to encourage you because I know that you're spending in time in the Lord on behalf of the church, on behalf of me even, and I really appreciate that. So I want to thank you, and what a wonderful thing. I'll tell you, we have had so much fun with this already. I've gotten feedback. One lady came last night, and she told me, she said, I fasted three times this week. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. So um, whatever God is going to do in your life. And she said she'd never fasted before. I said, well, just don't do that three days in a row, okay? Just make sure you spread that out. I want anybody getting sick um, over this time. But I'll, I'll tell you what, when we spend time with God, and maybe you're going to do a little bit of fasting. Uh, I'm giving the emphasis on prayer, but fasting is equally as important. And if you'll take a day, maybe you'll take a day from sundown to sundown. So the way you do that is, all right, so you eat dinner today. Day. Then after six o'clock, you don't eat anything till after six o'clock tomorrow. And then you just have your dinner tomorrow after six. So you've gotten a 24 hour period in. And so that meant that when I first heard that, I said, man, I can do that. I'd probably do that half the time anyhow for getting breakfast and lunch, right? And so you just go home and you do that. But instead of eating, you're going to spend some time with God and take that extra few moments and enjoy his presence. Maybe it's at work. You're going to be able to say, okay, normally it's going to be my lunch break, but I'm going to spend the time with God. And then also I want to encourage you, if you will take the uh, the the um, in your bolt and you'll see the refuel conference is coming up. We want to encourage everyone to be here for that. That's all day on Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday coming up. If you go to the website, the church website, you can register for free. We have a privilege to have with us Jonathan Falwell will be here from Thomas Road Baptist Church, Matt Wilmington. There's a number of guest speakers that will be here. And we're going to be talking about disciple making, how to, how to help you Tell somebody else about God, how to help you in your ministry, your personal ministry. So this is open to everybody in Pittsburgh. All we ask is that everybody make a free registration because we're even giving free lunch that day because we have so much packed into that 9 to 3 that we don't even want you to leave. We want you to just, hey, give us, give us these hours and your life will, will be, you'll be thrilled with what happens there. So if you know anybody that, that is serving in their church, maybe they go to another church in the area and they, they would, they could be encouraged by this. This is what it's for. It's for anybody that wants to grow in, in their faith and wants to help make disciples. So that'll be the theme of the conference. So you can share that from our website. And then last but not least, I want to share with you our update here on the birthday gift of Jesus. We asked you to pray for $100,000. And uh, as, as we've asked you to pray, you've looked over that list. You've been praying. You've been thinking about those missionaries. And you've been asking God what he would give you, have you to give. And look what God has allowed us as a church to do together. We have received so far 123,561. Isn't that awesome? I just praise God for that every time I see that. And just that number will continue to grow over the next week or two. And, uh, we, and then, by the way, the, the first 100,000 has already gone out. Those checks have already left. Isn't that wonderful? So, we, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I would have loved to have been the male person that day, huh? What are you walking out of the church with, right? $100,000 worth of checks went out to all those missionaries. 
the 23 that has come in, this will all go out here in a very short matter of time. It will all go to those missionaries. So if they were on the list for a 1,000, they may get another 1,000. They may get another 500, whatever. We're going to distribute it, and we're going to give it to the ones that are overseas the most because our overseas are the ones that need it more uh, than the things that are readily available here. So we'll give our concentration to some of those places like Haiti and the Philippines and Ecuador and um, just all, all around the world. So we want to thank God for this. And so every year I, I, we come to this and we just are amazed at what God chose us to do. I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Our, God has been blessing the church, and, and we are so thankful for the progress that we made in 2021. And as we are rolling into this new year, we're almost uh, we're halfway through January already, folks. Uh, we just want to continue to watch what God's going to do. I'm excited about what God's going to do in this church. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father God, I thank you for the great things that you've done in our life. God, this church, it is an epicenter of of worship to you. It's an epicenter of growth. It's an epicenter for people that are coming to find Jesus, Lord. And as we exalt your name, you said, Lord, that you would draw all men and women unto yourself. So, God, we ask for strength, Lord, as we uh, look to hold your name on high. We ask for strength, Lord, as we look to uh, exalt you, to make you known to our friends, our family, our neighbors. God, we praise your holy name for the things that are going on, Lord, uh, for for the events that we get to do here, Lord, through the church, to reach people, to help people grow, to connect people to you, Lord. And uh, we're also thankful, Father, for the blessing that you've given to us through our birthday gift of Jesus offering, Lord. Thank you for the heart of your people as they have just poured out, Lord. Um, they, they've heard from you on high, and they have came, come and responded to the Almighty, and they have given. And, Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless us. Um, others will continue to give, Lord, and I pray that you'll place it on anyone's heart, Lord, what you still want us to do as we continue to encourage these missionaries around the globe. God, we, uh, we just look forward to many great things that you're going to do. We thank you for um, all, the, all the financial giving. We thank you for all the, uh, the encouragement of people serving, Lord. There's just so much happening here. Lord, we ask that you'll bless each gift and each giver as we continue to give unto your name. Lord, I now ask that as we come to a moment of worship again before we open the word, we worship in spirit and in truth, Lord. So as we come to this moment, Lord, for another song, as we stand and we sing unto your holy name, God, I pray that you will be honored and adored as we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing this next song to the Lord.
but you've got to have something from God to be able to make it through this life, don't you? Like this world is crazy and we need a word from the Lord. That's why we come here every week. That's why I encourage you to get into God's word because God has something for you. As we're looking through Proverbs, it's my way of saying Proverbs. Proverbs is the way that God has given you things that your life, you'll live like a pro. You really will. Because these are things that if you do, God says these are his principles and you institute them into your life. So today I want you to think about your time. I want you to think about what you do. What do we do with our life? As Americans, have you ever thought about the amount of time that you spend doing certain things? There's a number of things that we do, and they just seem to all add up pretty quickly here. I was reading about how many how many years, you know, if you compile these things together, how many years that you actually end up uh, doing certain things. Uh, like if you just put all those minutes in, and take them as though they were a 24-hour nonstop, you would spend six years eating. Six years eating. Like it, 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 uh, on the average lifespan of American, that's how much time we'll put into eating. You put five uh, five years waiting in line. That may be a pre-COVID statistic. I don't know, you know. Um, four years doing housework. Not everybody, but some people will. <laughs> Two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Two years. <laughs> Maybe today that means texting. I don't know. Um, one year looking for misplaced objects. I'm starting to understand that because after 50, you can't find nothing. You know, it's just crazy. Um, Eight months opening junk mail. I've told my wife for years, just throw it away. I don't want to waste eight months of my life. Six months sitting at a stoplight. That's why you should always run those things. Um, listen, what this does is it just, you know, you start thinking about all the things that you have to do, and it's just like you start to pile up on you, and then you just start to add in, you know, you have kids, and all the time you're running to all their events, and and, and they, they take over and control your life for 18 years, 20 years of your life. It's like unbelievable. And, and, and you start to add in all these things. And you, start to, you start to get overwhelmed with life. And we can very easily become so stressed out that we can't even see straight. Like we, we shut the world down. That worked for a couple months and then we fired it back up. And uh, even in this strange world right now, it seems that there's so much stress happening, isn't it? As you think about people with stress, that's the number one thing I hear, stress, stress, stress. People are stressed. And I deal with a lot of people. They talk to me about their stress. And so stress, uh, stress can be debilitating at times. Stress can be overwhelming. But what I want to show you in Scripture today from the book of Proverbs is, is a, is a theme that you'll see. Again, there's, the Proverbs talks about so many things. And, and there's, a, there's a verse here, a verse there, three verses here, five verses there. And it's written in such a poetic form. It's written in sometimes riddle form. It's written in a lot of contrasting forms. But as we look through the book of Proverbs, you'll find that there's, there's several ways that you can handle stress that, that God has given you in his word how to handle stress. And part of the stress that I see is because we are just overwhelmed with our, our own schedules. We're overwhelmed with doing everything. Have you noticed that in the world today? You do everything. When I was a kid, baseball season lasted from, you know, was it April till the end of June, I think it was? Maybe. And then you went into all-stars. Now baseball season, if you have a kid, lasts all year long because you have spring baseball, then you have summer baseball, then you have fall baseball. 
And then you have winter indoor training baseball. Then you have winter batting. And I know this because my, my nephew Hunter, like every time I see him, he's always going to the next thing. He's going to the next thing. I'm like, man, whenever I was a kid, we got a break. You, you, that was kind of cool. Like if you wanted to play baseball, you could play baseball. And when the next sport came, you could, you could get involved in that. But most of the parents were like, you only get to pick one sport because I want my life back. And now today, there's not many options because life is just overwhelming. And it's not just the sports. It's everything. Like, this is the world we live in. We live in a world that's given so many options. And so what happens is we begin to power all this up, and we're stressed because we feel like we can't keep up. And so as, you know, as the Scripture talks about things that will help you with your time, as things that will help you with, uh, with your priorities, the first thing I want to share with you today is that we need to refocus our priorities. God has, in His Word, given us this encouragement to refocus our priorities. So I have to refocus my priorities. And as I refocus those priorities, you will find uh, this verse here, uh, Proverbs 17:24. The discerning sets his face towards wisdom, but the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. So, so here is the priority that we have got to refocus to, is to coming to God. Remember, we kept saying that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. So he's saying here, the discerning sets his face towards God, towards the wisdom of God. And so if you want to have a discerning heart, you're going to set your face in a direction and you're going to go. I want, I want you to think about that because it's so easy for us to get off track. And I love how this, this verse says, set your face. When's the last time that we have been challenged to set our face in a direction? Right now, we live in a world that says, whatever's coming up, you just jump on it. And you keep going to the next thing and you'll be happy. And no, you're not going to be happy if you keep doing that. You'll become overwhelmed, burn out, cried out. You'll just be just stressed out. So the discerning sets his face in the direction of God. And when he does that, look at the contrast here. The eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. So the contrast here is you face towards God and you have a direction of your life. The fool says, I'm going to come and I'm not going to be concerned about the wisdom of God. I'm not going to be concerned about God. But I'm going to also go out and I'm just going to do whatever comes my way. And, and I'm just going to be da, 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 da. the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. They're on many different ways. One translation says it like that. It says that the uh, fool starts off in many directions. He's just kind of going all over the place. And so the encouragement here is for us to set our direction towards the Lord. And um, I want you to think about that because when you get on a plane, they have a GPS that takes that plane to your destination. When you get up there and there's winds, you know, you hear them talk about the winds in the airplane and all that. And sometimes you feel the winds in that airplane, right? I would imagine if you're flying today, you're going to feel some winds in that airplane, right? Because there's storms brewing everywhere. And so as you get up there and, man, I'm the guy that, like, I, I like to watch that, you know, on the back seat of the... The seat in front of you, they have that GPS now you can pull up. And I watch the plane tracking. And they'll put that line on there and I'll say, okay, the plane's got to come out of Pittsburgh. Let's go this way. And then all of a sudden, it looks like the plane's sideways. Did you ever notice that on those things? 
because the wind is tossing you all over the place. It'd be interesting to see from like, from you know, from heaven what these planes look like. They, you, know, you have no clue. You're up or you're like, okay, I can't wait till we land. And uh, and I that's me. Trust me. I, I don't think about flying. I think about landing. And uh, and so you get up there, and if you didn't have the GPS, it listen. It doesn't matter what winds are coming. If the winds are coming at you. Man, you got harder work to do. When the winds are going with you, you get there a little quicker. But there's a destination. So the plane doesn't get up there and say, well, folks, you know what? We decided we're going to land in D.C. today because we just couldn't make it to Florida. Now, if they run out of gas or something like that, I guess that happens, right? But they don't get up there and say, you know what? We just couldn't figure out where to go. This is the next place to go. And the same is true in our life. We have to have a direction. And so I want to encourage you, set the direction of your life on God. Set your face towards God and make this your life and, and, and say, listen, I'm going to do. And, and listen, there's a lot of good things that you can do. Listen, we can get involved with many good things that can just overwhelm us. There's a lot of, a lot of things that, that we do that, that we don't necessarily have to do. So I want to encourage you to look at your life and set your face on the things of God and then say, all right, there's only a few things that I can do and I'm going to focus on them and I'm going to live joyfully unto the Lord. Proverbs 12:11 says, he who tills the land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. Work is good. We're going to have a whole week. We're going to talk about work. Work is good. And he says, look, if you go out and work, you're going to have plenty of bread. And again, remember, these are, these are principles. This doesn't mean if you work real hard that you're going to have all, everything that you ever wanted. No, the principle is here. There's work contrasting pursuing worthless things. When we pursue worthless things, we're not understanding. We, we lack sense. I was looking through some of those things of what, what do people spend their time on. Here was a worthless thing. They call it now screen time. The average American in America will spend 11 years and four months on screen time. Screen time. That means the TV time, that's a screen. And these wonderful computers you carry in your pocket, that's a screen. Eight years on TV. The other years on phone and social media and all that wonderful stuff you can't wait to get rid of. Listen, it's so amazing if you pursue worthless things. And listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch TV. I'm not saying that a movie's not not bad, not not good to ha- not good to watch a movie. I watched a movie once this year. I was on a plane and I needed to distract from the winds. And I pulled up this movie and I can't believe it. For the first time in about five years, I watched a whole movie. When they watch movies at home, I sit down and I go right to sleep. It's amazing. But I pulled up a movie and I gave myself two hours of screen time. And I've been telling everybody about it ever since. I'm like, you got to see this movie. I'm like, they're like, why? I said, because it's the only one I've watched in five years. It's pretty good. Um, listen, you have to learn the difference between what's, what's good, what's urgent, what's important. And you have to say, all right, these are the things that are important in my life. Urgent will always get at you. And God says here, he who fills the land, you're going to work. But if you're pursuing worthless things, so, so don't set your heart and your affection on worthless things. Don't just fill your life with busyness. Fill your life with things that are meaningful unto the Lord. Proverbs 16, 8 and 9 says, Better is little with righteousness 
than great income with injustice. Oh, I love that. Better is a little with righteousness. So, listen, the, the things that we have, he says here, the value is not in the things that you have, but in the righteousness of God. And when you follow God and you walk his ways, you will enjoy your life much more with the righteousness of God than to get great, great riches without God. And then he continues on, verse 9, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. The mind of the man plans his ways. So we, direct, we, we, we want to direct our steps, but we can't. We can only plan. And so the scripture here is not knocking planning. I think that you ought to plan. I am uh, I'm planning. I have a lot of plans, but God is the one who directs my steps. Right before the pandemic started, I was, uh, we were going to go on a mission trip to Ecuador. I bought 20 tickets because they were on sale Monday. Friday, they shut the world down. But on Monday, I didn't know what was coming. And so I bought all these tickets. I'm like, man, we're going to have the cheapest missions trip ever. We won't have to, we won't have to raise much money. We're just going to go. And I'm like, what am I going to do with these tickets now? Well, God took care of all that. But I'll tell you what, I had my heart set. I wanted to go in that June or July that year and go to Ecuador with a missions trip from our church. But God had other plans. So, so we make our plans. And so God encourages us to plan. I want to encourage you to set goals. Goal setting is good. Set some goals in your life. And by the way, if you set a goal and you don't put a deadline to it, it's not a goal. It's just a dream. And I've lived in some dream world on many areas of my life. Right now, I'm setting some goals and I'm setting some deadlines. I'm saying, okay, if I, if I do this. But listen, at the end of the day, whether I make the deadline or not, God directs the path. We set a goal of 100000 for the for the birthday gift to Jesus. At the end of the day, God directs the path. And so had we, had we not reached the goal, we still are going to be happy. We're still going to worship and enjoy his presence because God would be directing our path. And so this is what God has done. He's, he, he is the one who directs our steps. He gives you your steps. So I want to encourage you on, in your walk with the Lord to... Um, to enjoy, enjoy the Lord, enjoy his presence, make time with him, make your direction towards God. And as you do that, let him direct your steps. You make plans. Things didn't work out. God still directs your steps. Wow. Now, that really is encouraging to me because through all the failures of life, through all the problems of life, through all the, the uh, challenges of life, God is still in the business of directing my steps. My deal is to come before him and set my face towards him. Jesus, you know, he had priorities. Jesus went through and he refocused his priorities. I shouldn't say refocus. He had priorities. They were focused priorities. We have to refocus all the time. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we see Jesus praying very early while it was still dark. He's out doing ministry. And as we had looked in our study of the book of Mark, Jesus went out and did all this ministry. And he still got up early in the morning while it was dark so nobody could bother him. And he got away with, with the Lord, with the Father in heaven. So Jesus is out listening to the Father. He's getting his marching orders for the day. He's showing for us what dependency looks like, and he is walking in, in the steps and in the, in the righteousness of the Lord. God calls us to walk in the steps of the righteousness of the Lord. I'm not going to be perfect like Jesus is, but I'll tell you what, I can set the same priority. Get up and pray. And what, what else did Jesus do? Jesus, as he went through his life, if you go through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
you'll see that Jesus had about six priorities. There were six big things that he did. And as I've studied the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I've found that there's about six um, key areas that Jesus focused in on. He didn't do everything that he could have done while he was here. But he did some awesome things, and obviously his main mission was to get to the cross. And so he makes it to the cross. He pays for the sin of mankind, but he didn't just go. You know, there were people waiting for him to, be, to heal him all the time. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm going to the next town, because he had a priority. There was something that he had to do. And I want to encourage you to do the same in your life. Refocus your priorities. How clear are your priorities? And I want you to ask yourself that question. Maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, what, what are the priorities of your life? You know, many people have made a will so that whenever they die, you know what to do with all the stuff that they work for. But few people have made a mission. Like many people have gone and written down, here's what to do. Few people have written down, here's what I'm going to do. And I want to encourage you, write down, what are you going to do? What, what is it that God's calling you to do in 2022? Get along with God. Let him speak it to you and write it down. God, I am going to, you know, if, if I wanted to run a marathon, I'd have to write it down. I would have to, I would have to, I would have to, I would need a lot of counseling is what I would need, okay? Uh, I would need, like, help, all right? But listen, I, you have to write it down. What are your clear priorities and just write them down and so with god i'm going to spend five minutes a day with god i'm going to spend a half hour i'm going to read the bible this year so what does that mean if i'm going to read the bible i can't wait till december 15th to get it all in it means i'm going to listen to god there's 66 books i can do that you can read the new testament five minutes a day five days a week you can read the whole bible in about a half hour a day it's amazing what you can do. And then you're going to, you're going to share Jesus with your friend. You, you write these clear priorities down. So I want to encourage you. What are the priorities of your life? Maybe it's to be a, 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 a you know, get my temper under control this year. Well, we're going to look at that. It's in problems. Maybe it's to, to get a number of other areas under control. But what are your priorities? Number two, I want to ask you this about adjusting your attitude. The second priority is to adjust your attitude. I have to adjust my attitude all the time. No matter what, every day I have to readjust my attitude. Somewhere along the way, things were going good, things went bad, and then I have got to readjust my attitude. You see, stress is an attitude. Whenever you look, see, there's events that could happen. The same event could happen for you and could happen for somebody else, and the two of you would react differently. That's a stress event, right? So how do I respond to this stress event? I have to readjust my attitude. Um, stress, stress can affect people in all kinds of ways. And, and listen, stress, I'm not, I'm not negating it. I'm just saying, look, we've got, we have this opportunity for God to, to help us in this area. Um, anxiety, as we looked last week, anxiety weighs, on heart, weighs anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But a good word makes it glad. That's Proverbs 12:25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. I want to encourage you because as we let that anxiety, it does weigh us down. And many times it's because we're just running. We're trying to get somebody else's approval. We're, there's something that's, that's really um, that we have to just relax a little bit on. 
So I want to encourage you to, uh, to take those anxieties and, and go to the Lord and get His good word and let His good word help you. Proverbs 14.30 says that a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but, but envy makes the bones rot. Now, that's pretty strong language there. Now, the, 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 I could do two sermons there, couldn't you? You could do on the bones rotting or you could do on, on, on the tranquil heart. But catch this, when we have a peaceful heart, another translation says it like this, a peaceful heart leads to healthy bodies. Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. See, the, the peace that God gives us, when we have peace, it is life-giving. It is encouraging to you. It's healthy even for your body. You can go through and, the, the, you know, the medical people will explain all that to you, the positive things that, go, that happen in your body when, when things are right. Um, a relaxed attitude, another translation says it like this, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. And so, again, this doesn't mean that, hey, listen, that uh, because you do this, you will live long. No, that's not what it means. Yeah, we'll live long according to God's standard. But it doesn't mean according to your standard. It doesn't mean that, hey, I'll be 90 or 100 years old. There are other things that, that come into play. Catch the principle. The peace of God adds to your life. It helps your life. I want to encourage you. Number one, don't sweat, don't sweat the small things. Did you ever hear that? Don't sweat the small, small things. Number two, everything is small. Did you get that? I want you to get it from God's eyes. Because what you're going through today, get a perspective from heaven. Wow. The peace that God gives you. Come to him and relax in him. Um, Jesus did this. The Apostle Paul did it. The Apostle Paul was in jail, and he wrote half the New Testament from jail. They locked him up for preaching the Word of God. And as he was in jail preaching the Word of God, he, uh, he writes letters to the churches, to the church at Philippi. He writes the Philippians, to the church at Ephesus. He writes the Ephesians. He writes a number of these letters from jail cell, and he doesn't pray and say, Oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make this. He doesn't even pray, hey, that you come and get me. He prays, Lord, may I be bold to share Jesus in this affliction. And so I want to encourage you. It's a, it's a mindset. Imagine the stress that you would have if you were the Apostle Paul in jail, shipwrecked. And just over and over and over, you see a lot of these things. So the tranquil heart gives life to your soul, gives life to your body even. Um, Jesus, as he went throughout his mission in life. I want you to understand, Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus had a mission, and he kept on that mission. And, um, you know, at 12 years old, you see Jesus. He goes out, and he's left behind at the temple. His parents come back and ask him, where were you? And he said, I must be about my father's business. That's 12 years old. And then you see the whole life of Christ. You come to 33 years old, and on the cross, the last thing he says is, it is finished. And when he said it was finished, the payment for your sin was finished. That's why he came. That's what he came to do. But you know what else was finished? Everything in between that God wanted him to do. Did he heal every person that was alive at that time? No. Was there more work to be done? Yes. That's why he invested in 12 guys 
known as the disciples who are now who, who, who laid the foundation for us. And we are still making disciples to this day. It's the greatest movement ever started in all the world because Jesus made a disciple who will make disciples. And I want to encourage you to make disciples who will make disciples. But Jesus came and he had he was concerned, but he wasn't stressed out. And I want to encourage us. We don't have to live in a stressed out world. Uh, the world is stressed, but we don't have to react to it as such. You know, the, the world will always have problems. And if I come out and I look at the way the problems are, I can always go down. But my response has got to be like this. Proverbs 17.22 says this. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart does good. I, I, I remember this verse whenever I was a little kid here in the church. They taught it to us and and I went home. A merry heart does good like a medicine. It, that's what it is. It's, you understand medicine, right? This is the world that we're in right now. If you're sick, you're, you're calling, you're getting a pill. You're, you're calling the doctor. I need this. You're going, in, I'm going to the, you know, they got drive-by pharmacies now, you know. You don't have to get out of your car. What do you need? Ah, uh, I don't know. But a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart. I want to encourage you. Um, Proverbs 17:22 and another translation says it like this: A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And boy, that is so true. And and, and as as you walk the journey of life, I want to encourage you to uh, to enjoy the Lord. You know, it's going to be a choice. It's a daily choice that I have to enjoy the Lord. And so as I walk with him and I enjoy his presence every day, it's a, it's a choice to come back and drink from the, from the well. He says, I'll give you water that will, you'll never be thirsty again. Well, I've got to come and I've got to be with him every day. I've got to let him fill my soul. And so I remember there's an old song, and I was just playing it this morning. I even pulled it up on my computer before I came out. It was an old song that said this, if you're happy, notify your face. Did you ever think about that? How many times have I been asked to please smile for a, for a photo? Like, they're like, smile, I'm like, I am. I'm like, well, what do you want? Yeah, that's what they want. I'm like, well, how do you do that all the time? If you're happy, notify your face. Take that frown off and put a smile in its place. If you love Jesus, tell it to the human race. If you're happy, notify your face. Man, I love some of those old songs that got in my heart. It's in my head. I can't get rid of those. Sometimes I'm singing them in my car and and other people are like, okay. (laughs) Stick to preaching. A cheerful heart is good medicine. I want to encourage you. Let Let that help you. And let that be transformational to you. And then the third thing in your notes today. I'm sorry, let me ask you this. How positive is my attitude? How healthy is my attitude? And I want to encourage you to take a scale of 1 to 10 as you react to the things in life. And listen, I'm not saying that we don't have pain. There are some things that are absolutely catastrophic that happen in our lives. And we have to stop and we have to deal with that. It doesn't mean that I'm always smiling. But it means that I have hope. And my attitude is, we will get through this. You know, it's like the snowstorm that's coming. People are acting like it's never snowed in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's what it does here. They asked us to host this refuel conference here a week from Tuesday. And they asked that in the summer. And I said, guys, you're nuts to come to Pittsburgh on January the 25th. 
I said, do you understand what happens? So these people who live in Lynchburg, they're going to come up above the Dixie line, right? They don't understand it. Like, we go into the rotunda of ice. And that we will come out someday. We don't know when, but we come out. But let me tell you this. There's a storm coming. You will shovel your brains off. And you will be here next week. And I want you to look at all the storms of life like this. Because some of them are just not as easy as a snowstorm. But they are some wicked storms. And I want you to know that God promised that he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he will hold your hand. And you don't have to go to that place of, uh, of, 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 of just reacting to life all the time. Lastly, is look up to the only one who can help. I want to encourage you, look up. There's only one who can help. His name is Jesus. The psalmist said, I look up into the hills from where comes my help. You see, the Lord in his holy of holies, that's where the help is. And I want to encourage you, as you're going through these things, and I'm not telling you, yeah, just laugh everything off. No, that's not, that's not what it is. I'm telling you, don't look here. Look there. And when I look there, when I keep my focus there, I have eternity in mind. Because God, as he's writing the history of your life, he has eternity in mind. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Proverbs 10.27 says that the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be cut short. Again, this is contrasting. It doesn't mean if you died early, does not mean that. No, no, he's talking here. The contrast, the fear of the Lord. This is what the fear of the Lord is. The most important thing that we've got to understand is that stress in our life is a warning light. You know, when you get in your car and it says low oil, if you ignore it, you don't get to drive much longer. And that's the same in our life. When you see the the warning light of stress, go deal with it. And it starts with the Lord. The fear of the Lord prolongs. Um, I want you to look here at Proverbs 14.26. says this, if the fear, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? What is it? Um, the, the, the fear of the Lord is basically this. I take God seriously. It means I'm taking God seriously. You know, when I was younger... I didn't fear the uh, fear driving in the snow like I do now. I take it a lot more serious now. All you have to do is get stuck in a ditch two or three times. Some of us are slower learners than others. You have to get stuck in a ditch, and you know, man, maybe you ought to wait. I used to, I used to pride myself that as a young man, the streets of Philly would be covered. I'd come up here barreling up the hill in my little, you know, I only had a front-wheel drive in those days, and just fishing up the hill. Yeah, I made it up the hill. Why can't anybody else get up here? Because they took the snow seriously. Well, you get your car stuck in the ditch, you begin to take it seriously too. And God says, I want you to take me seriously. And I want you, when you take me seriously, you get strength, strong confidence. That means to take him seriously in your daily prayer time. That means everything about your life. You see, when, when uh, Martin Luther... He, he had a whole lot to do, and he had so much to do one day. He's known this, a famous quote of Martin Luther. He said this. He said, I have so much to do today 
that I have to get up three hours to pray. I have to get up extra three hours to pray today. I need to pray three hours today. What do we typically do? I'm so busy I didn't have time to pray. Listen, if I take the Lord seriously, I will make time to pray. If I take the Lord seriously, I will make time to get in His Word. And this is where we, see, we, we let everything else, we take everything else too serious. God says, listen, don't sweat these things. I want you to understand that take me serious and you back off and you listen to me. And then lastly today is this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I love that. Trust Him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See the contrast? Trust God or trust your own understanding. He says, don't trust the Lord. I'm sorry, trust the Lord. Don't trust your own understanding. Trust Him. Don't trust your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Somebody shared this with me, and I probably have shared it with you before, because pastors all have things that they repeat. So I'm going to repeat it. God doesn't drive parked cars. Catch that. God doesn't drive parked cars. I have power steering on my Nissan, and I sit in that car... And I can turn that wheel all I want. I got to get moving. And as I get moving, the power steering works. And that's what God is wanting to do in your life. He says, I want you to get up. I want you to take faith. Faith requires action. So get up and take action. But acknowledge me in all your ways, and I'll be the power steering of your life. And that's what God wants for you. That's what he wants for me. So I want to encourage you today. Ask yourself, what... What am I, uh, what is my, how deep is my relationship with God? How deep is my relationship with God? On a scale of one to ten, ask yourself these three questions a day. How clear are my priorities? How deep is my relationship with God? How clear are my priorities? How deep is my relationship with God? And meet with God and, and go through these. How positive, how healthy is my attitude? And take these three things today and go home and say, Lord, speak to me. God, I need you to lift the burdens because that's what he does. He's the burden bearer. Oh, I love this. These are the things that God has given us that are so practical in our life. Okay, Lord, I'll close. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to invite you. Listen, this topic is heavy because life is heavy. And I... I'm not negating that. I'm not negating that times we get overwhelmed. What I'm asking you to do is look at the warning light on your dashboard and then go to God. Get some friends around you that will be on the same journey. Um, Let's come before the Lord and just let him talk to us today. Maybe there's a priority of your life. Maybe your direction's not set. And God says, today, I want you to set the direction. Listen, there's some things in my life that, that I have just in recent days, I said, okay, God, you have spoken to me. This direction is now set. There are no more questions. There's no more making deals with God. This is the, this is the direction that God has set. One day I'll be able to share some of those things with you. But right now God has made some very clear direction. And I want to encourage you, would you take, some, take the areas of your life, what is the very clear direction that God wants for you, and just set the direction and, and put the GPS on and let God take us there. 
Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and His power staring is going to get you there. The first step is to honor Him, to trust Him, to come to know Him personally. This isn't about just a mental ascent. This is you and God starting a relationship. So today, if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to call on Him. He says, Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. So if that's you, and you say, I'm ready to do that, I'm going to invite you to call on the name of the Lord right now. Would you just pray something like this? Dear God, I come before you, and I'm calling on you right now. You said in your word, whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved from their sin. Jesus, you died on a cross. You paid for my sin. I invite you into my heart right now. God, I need your help to live this life. And I thank you for loving me and coming into my life right now. Father God, I pray you'll be with each person here, Lord. Will you continue to transform us from the inside out? God, only you can uh, do what you need to do in our life. But God, we will set our face towards you, and we will let you lead us, and we will let you guide us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we respond?
all that I'm supposed to do.